The reality is things don't go the way we plan all the time, right? Or even understand. But the more you become aware of the goodness of God, the grace comes in to see everything. And the grace empowers you to live everything. So I would just encourage you, if you're going through a trial, you know, especially in the last 14 months, you know, just meditate on the goodness of God. It'll get you through it because then you get to know him better. And all the things around you fade away sometimes. But if you're focused on him and that goodness, he'll take you where he wants you to go. Because, by the way, he's still in control, right? Politicians aren't in control. Governments are not in control. Our God is in control. There's a scripture real quick that came to me, and sometimes I'm so ignorant I need the Holy Spirit to like serve a platter on a scripture in front of me, so I'll actually read it. So I will not, I can't fib. It was nothing I really searched out too much. It was just in my daily Bible app, so it popped right up. But I would encourage you in this. It's uh, the prophet Habakkuk. It's in the Old Testament. All right, Habakkuk 3, 16 through 19. He says, and it's, I didn't give them the scripture, just off the top of my head here, I wanted to read this. Though the cherry trees don't blossom and the strawberries don't ripen, though the apples are worn, worm-eaten and the wheat fields stunted, though the sheep pens are sheepless and the cattle barns empty, I, and it kind of ties into the message today, I am singing joyful praises of, to God and turning cartwheels of joy to my Savior God, for he is my salvation. So sometimes the sheep, it's sheepless in the pen, right? I had that the last 10 days. Um, you know, people have had a lot worse than I'm about to say, but the things I relied on mechanically, like my dishwasher, my microwave, my car, all those things, three things pretty much broke in the last, you know, 10 days. So I was getting consumed with that individually saying, what the heck? You know, we all say this, let's be human. You know, praying specifically against that. You know, why is that happening? That dishwasher should clean. I am going somewhere with this. That dishwasher should clean my dishes. And what the Holy Spirit was teaching me is there's a point where you can get overwhelmed because strategically the enemy, and sometimes we give him too much credit, but the enemy can line things up beautifully. When it rains, it pours, right? So this scripture taught me that no matter what, I'm going to rejoice. I'm not going to focus on the individual things that are trying to overwhelm me right now, but I'm going to rejoice in my God because he is my salvation. And I, I'm more than sure he starts elevating you above the clouds at that point. So I'd really encourage you, if that's for somebody, if you're going through a lot, just you, you need to rejoice and focus on who God is, his goodness in your life. Listen, he provides oxygen every day. That ain't a bad deal, right? There are a few things going good, right? So just rest in him and how goodness God is. Again, wasn't my message, but... Wanted to share. My message is declarations. I know some of you men were on the edge of attention spans and said, Did he just say dec decorations? 
I'm not sitting through that. No, declarations. The reality is in the course of our life, we say or hear more than we know that are related to declarations and understanding the impact it can weigh in our lives. So quickly today, I just want to go through a few examples of declarations, how they shape our lives as believers, and different types of declarations we can adapt in our lives, and certainly referring to our compass, the Bible, which is full of declarations, as we know. I wanted to start with movies. Only a few were in church, I understand, of examples of declarations, so we can kind of get on the same path together. Two romantic movies. One was called Jerry Maguire, the television version. It had Tom Cruise, Renee Zellweger, okay? And throughout the movie, Tom Cruise is this egotistical guy trying to climb the career path. And uh, along the way, he falls kind of in love with Renee Zellweger's character. And at the end of the movie, everything's going wrong for him. And what he knows is going right is that he needs her in her life. And it's one rainy night towards the end of the movie. It has to be raining, right? It's cinematic. It's downpouring. The knock on the door, Renee Zellweger's in her living room. There's Tom Cruise standing there, drenched, drenched wet. Comes in. They have some pleasant trees exchanged. But he needs to know that he needs to make a declaration right then and there to change the trajectory of their relationship. And what does he say? You complete me. A declaration. Another romantic movie uh, is called uh, Notting Hill. Julia Roberts, Hugh Grant. Uh, Julia Roberts plays a, an actress uh, in the movie, and she's working in a small town. Hugh Grant's a bookstore owner, and she starts falling in love with him through the movie, da-da-da. Towards the end, she knows that her security needs to be more in a relationship than her career, she walks into the small bookstore at the end of the movie. It wasn't raining in this scene, I don't think. But it walks into the bookstore at the end of the movie. And what does she say? She makes a declaration to change the trajectory of their relationship. She says, I am just a girl standing in front of a boy asking him to love me. All right, put the tissues away. The critically acclaimed movie, Finding Nemo. All right? There's this fish named Dory. I'm not leaving. I'm getting water. There's this fish named Dory. Very jovial. I don't think the elevator goes upstairs much in her mind. But when all hope is lost, those who haven't seen it, they do find Nemo. But when all hope is lost, they can't find Nemo. Dory pivots to the two other fish that are helping him and makes this declaration that changes the course and encourages them to move on. She says, yeah, just keep swimming. That's simple, but it changed the trajectory of what they were doing, and they found Nemo. Final one, I promise. What about Bob? What a great com comedy movie, right? What about Bob? Yes, even just thinking about it makes you laugh. Richard Dreyfuss is an up-and-coming therapist. Bill Murray is a gentleman who has made a career out of going through therapists in his life. And uh, he is recommended to Richard Dreyfuss. And there's a point in the movie where Richard Dreyfuss is finding out just how Bill Murray is so attached to therapists. And he's like a circle door. He'll never get help. And he draws the line and makes a declaration. 
and it backfires, but Bob, why don't you take a vacation from your problems? And it does change the trajectory, but it backfires. So my point being, mumbling through these movies, if Hollywood understands the cinematic and emotional impact of declarations in movies, we as Christians should really understand how it can shape and mold our lives. I mean, we look through history, too. A little history lesson. I know we know most of these. One is... Um, The Declaration of Independence. Has anybody heard of that? So a nation was founded on it, the catalyst document that really created a nation. They had to draw a line. The colonies said, we are going to make a declaration to King George the, correct me, third, I think. Right? We hold these truths to be self-evident that every man and woman is created equal. Da-da-da-da-da. We know the rest. But that, I, I just would have loved to be well, I wouldn't like to be the, the assistant that read King George the Declaration over in King Britain. But you got to know the ex- facial expressions when, when they were reading this to King George. I'm sure he didn't read. It's like, they want to do what? You know, and they ended up making this Declaration of Independence that changed and shaped the whole course of the states and where we live today. A declaration, right? There's been declarations of war. Woodrow, Woodrow Wilson, 1916, I believe, made a declaration of war to help partner with uh, Europe so we could slow down those Germans and ended up unifying uh, a big, greater partnership with Europe and stopping the Germans. That was a declaration, right? You have uh, Queen Elizabeth. Well, she was Princess Elizabeth at the time. On her 21st birthday, before she became queen, she made, and i got to quote it because I'll mess it up, She made an amazing declaration. All right, so Princess Elizabeth, on her 21st birthday, and this is her quoting, I declare before you and all that my whole life, whether it be long or short, shall be devoted to your service and the service of our great imperial family to which we belong. As we know, not even a year later, she became queen. Imagine if some of the leaders make that type of declaration and our politicians and things. But to serve the people in front of me, she, she said. Uh, you look at uh, Theodore Roosevelt during the Great Depression. Don't worry, this isn't all going to be a history lesson. The Great Depression, you know, he made those final words to encourage the country. The only thing we have to fear is, yes, see, we know that. How about Ronald Reagan? This will be the last one. With the goal of stopping the Cold War and directing his declaration towards Mr. Gorbachev. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down that wall. These are declarations, drawing lines in the sand. Let me give you a quick definition. I've kind of compiled it with Webster's Dictionary and a few of my own stuff. But here's what I'm working with when I talk about declarations. A declaration is an act of an announcement which carries importance to a person declaring or hearing its effectiveness is based in its clarity of statement to either solidify something currently or project something in the future. Both timelines both carry a weight of result to them, a declaration. 
I mean, we've got plenty of examples of God making declarations in the Bible, right? And then even many of the biblical characters. The first declaration ever made was by God. What was it? Let there be light. And thank God it worked, right? We're all here. One of the first. He continues to make declarations through his, his creating of creation, including us humans that he has to cultivate occasionally here. But he made a declaration um, to Moses, remember, excuse me, to Abraham when he had to bring Abraham along to fulfill his, the will of what God wanted on his life. What did he say? Abraham, he made a declaration, you will be the father of many nations. Moses, we get into some biblical characters here. What's the big declaration of Moses' life when he had to go in front of the Pharaoh many times? Let my people go. God told him to make that declaration. Jonah, while probably still drying off in Nineveh by being spit out of whale's mouth, makes a declaration to this city, 40 more days and Nineveh will be overthrown. And the people turned and repented, as we know. King Jehoshaphat in the Old Testament, a very God-fearing king as we know. This will be really the first scripture. I just want to get this up on the screen. Is Second Chronicles 20.12. So the armies, different armies from different sides are coming against him. So there's a little pressure, right? A little pressure on King Jehoshaphat what to do. But again, he was a God-fearing man. Second Chronicles 20.12 should have that. All right, I'll read it. So as the armies are bearing down, He honestly makes this declaration to God. Sometimes we need to be honest with God, right? Here it is. Oh, God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude, again, the army, that is coming against us, nor do we know what to do. But, here's this big declaration, our eyes are upon you. And what ended up happening? God annihilated the other armies. It was an honest cry of declaration. Sometimes we need that in our lives. What about Jesus? He made many beautiful declarations to us directly and even to his father, right? He was in the middle of a festival and he decided this, or party, they say depends with translation. Uh, how about John seven thirty-seven through 8? Can we go for there? All right. So he was in the middle of a party and he I stood up and said, These deep declarations. Now on the final and most important day of the feast, Jesus stood and he cried in a loud voice, If any man is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scriptures have said, from his innermost being shall flow springs of living water. That's a lot of deep declaration. You have a guy standing up and saying, come to me, right? And I can give you life, basically. But that was a declaration in the middle of this feast that was going in. And I'm sure after he was done and sitting down, people put whatever they were eating or drinking down and say, wow, that was deep. But, I mean, he had to draw the line and starting to show and showcase his father's will and what he had come to do. Um, in Luke, while Jesus on the cross, just two quick declarations. What do he say? So powerful, and sometimes we got to say to ourselves when we get angry at people, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And then even the more powerful one before he whew, gave his spirit up. It is finished. 
Everything began after that declaration, right? Our Christianity. And then Jesus is raised from the dead, and he is about to leave and go back to heaven and ascend to heaven, and he's got his disciples and says this last big declaration that should be still ringing in the church bells today. Why don't we go to John thirteen thirty four? I think you're on, oh yeah, Amplified. I give you a new declaration that you should love one another just as I have loved you, so you too should love one another. He even reiterates that and makes it clear. Keep going. Keep going. Did I only give you the 34? We can sneak into 35. I'll read it here. All right, here we go. So again, new, new declaration. Love one another as I have loved you. By this, here's our key, by this, everyone will know that you are my what? Disciples, if you love one another. That was quite a strong, he's saying commandment, declaration. The last thing he's going to heaven, he wants to tell uh, his disciples this. An anchor scripture as we're talking about declarations today, when we turn, it's everybody knows it, uh, Proverbs 18.21. Death and life are in the power of the... Let's break this down a little bit. Power of what for what, right? And we can read between the lines here, can we? I think on the death side, when it's talking about death, I don't think it's an immediate death, but it can certainly lead you down the path to some bad things, right? But I think what it's talking about is if on the death side, if you don't understand death and power of the life of the tongue, you will be, the, the power is there to have a spiritual death and to be cut off from the things of God and the provision he wants to provide. So if I'm saying things that are leaning towards the death side of things, there is a power there that will pull me away from God. Exciting, right? I think the two ways we can participate in that and be our tongue running wild and doing that is obviously two C's, complaining and cursing, right? I don't mean foul language, even though that isn't great, but... Cursing and complaining. So if you continue to praise your life and you're doing more, doing a lot of cursing and complaining, cursing on other people, cursing, it's always somebody else's fault, right? But cursing, complaining, you know, you are starting to activate, if you're saying this verbally or writing it down, you're starting to enter into that power it talks about of cutting you off from the things of God because of what you've been declaring, right? All right, let's get away from that. How about the life side of things? I believe the power it's talking about is the power of the Holy Spirit that's in you to carry the potential to do his will through you on earth and so you can live an abundant life. That's the power of the life side if we are actually talking the life side of things. You can't say this when you're getting into the power of of the life side without not mentioning the authority. God gave us amazing authority through Christ and what he did on this cross that we can live here on the earth and exercise that. But it mainly comes from this tongue, right? What we're saying. Authority do what? Well, how about if I want to continue to breathe life into my life and I'm using my tongue, how about the authority that I'm allowed to enter into his gates with thanksgiving? 
and declare, God, you are worthy, even on days when I don't think I am personally, right? That's the authority to enter into his gates boldly and be in there. The authority to rebuke the devil. Like I said earlier, sometimes we give him too much credit, but it's usually our own fault. But you can rebuke the devil. Jesus did that through his whole ministry, and we are examples of him, right? Authority to speak life and blessing and covenant to the people around you, especially your bloodline, which even includes in-laws, right? You have the authority. So next part of this verse, can you keep it up there, the, the Proverbs 8? So we're using Amplified today, I'm sorry. Death and life. So let's get back to... Isn't the tongue in there? I'm using a different version. So anyhow, death and life are in the tongue. Let's talk about the tongue. It doesn't say death and life are in the power of the mind. No? We can all agree on that? What has crept into professional Christianity, I believe, is mental ascension. And the funny thing is you're not aware when you're doing it sometimes. It has creeped into Christianity. We can sometimes fall into the trap to think... We think, therefore, I can think it, therefore, I am it. It's almost Western, uh, Eastern cultural stuff, too, as well. We need to be very careful that. Again, it says death and life is in the power of the tongue. Your thinking should only be a reinforcement of what you've been declaring. That's it. They need to line up. Again, back to the definition of declaration. Definition of declaring, again, is the act of an announcement which carries importance to the person declaring and hearing. Its effectiveness is based on its clarity of a statement to either solidify something currently or project something in the future. Both timelines carry weight of resolve. Death and power. Death, yeah, death and life from the power of the tongue. It's such a, a weighted scripture that is true that we need to be aware of daily. So what opportunities do we have to declare in our life? How about in our prayer time? If you do that, that's fantastic. Declaring in your prayers of what you need to do and verbalizing that. Devotion time, if you have a devotion and it's the same, in the car, you can do that. How about a great opportunity we just had about, what, 30 minutes ago in worship? Most of our worship songs are all declarations, right? I would encourage you, if you don't participate in worship fully and you need help to declare things, this is a great handicap. Half the people around you are singing the same thing, declaring things about you and your life and about our amazing God that we worship. So those are opportunities. Even at um, in your prayer at dinner time, we found, um, I won't get specific, but it wasn't anything tragic, but there was something that could creep into our family, you know, in the last 10 months. And my wife and I just said, you know what? Let's begin to declare it during our blessing over our food every day, verbally and having the kids agree, everybody at the table together. And God has been backing up that proverb scripture ever since. So I just thank him for that. But you can do it in prayer. There's many places you can declare things. Another thing that declarations can do, if we're not careful for the bad use, is your declarations can sometimes be adopted into your casual confessions. What's a casual confession? 
if I stub my toe and whatever I react, that's probably going to be a ca- my confession coming out of that. It's a reaction to what goes on in our daily life. So if you were a person, just an example that, um, you know, seemed to always have to justify their actions growing up and through their teens and through family and all that, and you get married all of a sudden, and there's a point where you're, you're, you're talking to your spouse and you declare, why don't you listen to me? That's a declaration, right? And what can get down into your, your, your belief systems and your casual confession over time is if that same situation comes up where you declared that or something spontaneously came up, you may cause in your casual confession to say, no one ever believes me. You're making confessions here, serious confessions. Or growing up, you just uh, intentionally keep declaring, why does this always happen to me? What I could have done 10 days ago with all the stuff going on. Why does this always happen to me? Toast gets burnt one morning. It's not a metaphor. Your toast got burnt one morning in the toaster. All right, and you're rushing off to work. And what do you scream? Why me? Casual confessions. Casual confessions are the water to the declaration of the seed that's been in your heart. Keep aware of that. What about a positive example? God blesses you financially. A miracle out of nowhere. Doesn't make sense. He wanted to show off and he blesses you right when he... How do you know that God's always on time? (laughs) May not be our time, but it's his time. He blesses you financially. So you have that experience and you just, you always say... You know, God always meets my needs. That simple. That is your declaration. But yet, sometimes every month when you balance the checkbook and on paper it doesn't look like that, what, what are your casual confessions? What are your reactions right then and there? should still be God meets all my needs in those casual confessions. Proverbs 18.20, you don't have to put it up, uh, is it's, it's this, words satisfy the soul as food satisfies the stomach. The right words on a person's lips bring satisfaction. What are you digesting? When you're declaring things, you know who the number one person is, the audience that you're declaring to? It's you. It's really you. It was finished on the cross, so it's not really God. But these declarations are for you. Faith comes by hearing and hearing. Not just the preacher every Sunday, but hearing you verbalizing things, confessing things, declaring things in your life. You need to hear it. There's also some things that I like to call Pearl Harbors in our lives. Everybody remember Pearl Harbor? It was a beautiful day in 1942. In Hawaii, 41, thank you. Thank you, historians. Um, 1941, right? Everything was great. Everything was awesome. What's that, Legos thing? Legos theme song? Nothing could be wrong, and my gosh, it's Hawaii. What could ever go wrong in Hawaii, right? But there were little warnings leading up to that day, right? Nobody took them seriously. And then, boom, in December, right? But yeah, December 1941, that whole landscape changed in a matter of moments. So I say to you, what things in your life seem so perfect? 
What, what, what's a sunny day? Are you declaring things over things in your, every area of your life? Because God cares about every area of your life. Because if you don't, it gives opportunity for the Satan to move in and do things to your life. And you look back and say, what just happened? And you were, you were ignorant to everything. So pray to God and say, Lord, show me, again for me, show me if there's any pearl harbors in my life that I need to declare to and be aware of. Don't leave Satan's space at all. There's two types of declarations as Christians. There's declarations of independence, like our Constitution, But I believe that declaration of independence, when you declare it, is you are creating an independency from God. And you may not even realize it. What is your trust in? What is your hope when you're declaring that? So the opposite, and what we'd want to do more, is make sure your declarations are dependent. The declarations of dependency in what you're saying, because you want to be dependent on God in whatever you're saying. I'm not talking about climbing on your roof tonight at dinner time and yelling out, reading all of Habakkuk and all the Old Testament scriptures and declaring. God didn't call us to be weird. He just caused us to be of influence and do the things like we're supposed to be doing. But like I said earlier, you could declare in your car, in your prayer time, whatever. It doesn't need a cannonball frequency either. It just needs you to believe <laughs> in what you're saying. And God will move mountains because he has to stand by his will of what he wants in your life. He has to. So those are the two things, declaration of dependence and independence. Make sure your declarations are dependent upon him. As I said earlier, this is, well, I may have not, this is our compass, right? It gives us our north, south, east, west. May not show all longitude and latitudes every day. That's the Holy Spirit in you and what you need to dig into and be hungry for and pursue. But there's so many great declarations right in here. And I would encourage you again back to declarations when you can do it. Don't just read the word. Speak it while you're reading. Hearing and hearing. You need to do that. Here's some scriptures that I hold tight and hold fast to me when I need to declare things in my life. This first one encompasses a lot, and we know it very, very well. Psalm 103, right? Bless, affectionately grateful praise, the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Again, when things are going around you, Look to him. Bless him. Keep going. Okay, and there you go, right? (laughs) Oh, my soul, and forget not his benefits. These are benefits for being under covenant, right? We know that. And here we go. Who forgives all your iniquities? That's great. All is all, right? We learned that from Pastor John in a lot of deep preaching. All means what? All, right? All. That was a joke. All iniquities who heals all of your diseases. These are declarations. Who redeems your life from the pit and corruption. Who beautifies, dignifies, and crowns you with loving kindness and tendered mercies. 
who satisfies your mouth. Sometimes we need that, right? And the necessity and desires of your personal age and situation. With good so that your youth is renewed. It is like the eagles, strong, overcoming, and soaring. That's fine. I don't want it to go. I don't want to declare his righteousness. No. <laughs> Just stop right there. That's good. But that Psalm 103 through 106, I mean, this whole series of verses covers just about every area of your life. Let's go. What if we need to justify, or excuse me, what if we need to declare the need to be confident in our life? And we need to make a declaration of what? Dependence, right? How about Philippians 4.13? We know this one. I have strength for all those things in Christ who empowers me. I am ready for anything and equal to anything through him infuses inner strength into me. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. Self-sufficient in Christ's efficiency. The other translation is I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. These are great declarations that you need for confidence. How about declarations of increasing your peace? We all need that in times. Why don't we go to Philippians 4, 6. Four six Philippians four six. All right. Well, I'm just paraphrasing. So there is a declaration here that says, "May the peace that surpasses all." We just talked about the word "all," understanding, all understanding. When there's loss in life, I don't have peace. All understanding. Declare it, Lord. I don't understand everything that just happened. But I have to rest and ask for your peace because he can give perfect peace in a storm, right? Perfect peace. How about 2 Timothy 1.7? For God not, did not give us a spirit of timidity, of cowardness or craving or cringing and flawing fear, but he has given us a spirit of power and of love and of calm and a well-balanced mind and discipline and self-control. Imagine if some of our culture could learn some of that. Peace. How about trust issues? Proverbs, Proverbs 3, 5. On, trust in. You know, leaning in means you're focused in where you're going, right? Lean in, trust in, and be confident in the Lord with all your heart and mind. And do not rely on your own insight or understanding. Trust in God. Trust in God. A declaration. How about some two scriptures that we can declare against? like the attractions of culture. We're all human, right? There's some neat, shiny things out in culture. We're like, ooh, that's cool. But we need to be grounded as Christians at times. I'm not trying to go Quaker on you. I'm just saying we need to be grounded at times, right? So how about Romans 12, 2? There we go. Do not be conformed to this world, this age, fashioned after adapted its external superficial customs. 
but be transformed, changed by the entire renewal. That's even like the word all, by the all, the entire renewal of your mind by its new ideals and its new attitudes so that you may prove for yourself what is good. How about Colossians 3, 2? And set your minds and keep them set on what is above. The higher things. Pastor John talks over and over. It's good to know about God, but how about knowing his ways and knowing who he is? Set your mind on what is above. Not all things that are on the earth, meaning culture is what I'm saying. If we get attracted into culture and different things like that. How about uh, Malachi 3.11? We know this well, too. So these are declarations. This is actually in rebuking things that come against you, like the devour over your finances and different things around you. And I will rebuke the devour for your sake. For And this is God talking. He shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall your wine cast her fruit before the time in the field saith the Lord. A quick story um, I heard about four years ago. There was a, wasn't a pastor, a normal Joe like me and you guys, whatever, all right? They just opened their pool and their house in the back and they were out in the front yard. You know, springtime, they're putting, you know, weed feed, whatever. They're doing gardening in the front. They just opened the pool a little bit in the back. Well, their three-year-old daughter goes walking into the pool falls in the pool, similar stories that we hear around, unfortunately, spring and summertime. He comes around the back. She's floating in the pool. So obviously he begins to pray. Wife calls the paramedics. I heard this out of a church in Minnesota. The pastor was speaking about it, but it was pretty firsthand of what he said. So paramedics get there. It's about eight minutes into the whole event at this point, getting into 10 minutes and, you know, they're crying, they're praying, and then he just rose out in, in, inside of his Holy Spirit and jumped up. And he did a cannonball frequency, I bet, and just yelled at the top of his lungs the, the source of this scripture. I am a tither, so the rebu- devour is rebuked in my family. He said that about three or four times. Three or four times, within about four or five minutes, water started coming out of her mouth, oxygen to her lungs, and she was restored. I'm not saying it's a formula for every event, but and, and we don't, we're not hurting for money, but I would, I would make sure God and you are tight with your finances and you're entrusting him, because if you do do that, you can make those kind of declarations in those events that the rebuke is devoured from your family because of the covenant you're under through your tithing and giving and following Christ. The world's crazy, right? We, we see it, whereas in Timothy, we, I mean, they are calling good evil now, right? And evil good. How more important and crucial it is in your life to be declaring certain things in your life because if you don't do it, Somebody else will over you, and it may be culture or another non-believer. So you do need to be aware of that. 
to draw lines in the sand and say, I'm a believer. As for me and my house, we're serving the Lord. You have to make these declarations. How many times? Until you see it. (laughs) There's no formula except trusting and believing in what you're saying and knowing we serve an almighty God that loves you and wants to fulfill his will through you, which includes abundant life if you do it. If you do it. I mean, how many, just a side note, how many dysfunctional families have happened and created the society we're in because parents were declaring negative things over their kids and between each other. Telling your kids, you'll never be anything. If you're always in my way, seems casual, but it's pretty deep. Why can't you be like... And slowly, Satan's take these declarations and been able to create a pathway of dysfunction in families. And now we look in the mirror or we look in the news. Looks pretty much the same sometimes. No condemnation if you're doing it as a parent. Decide to be not just a dad but a father. Decide to be not just a mom but a mother. And speak life to your kids. Change the tide before it's too late. Some of you are waiting for breakthroughs in your life, and it may be a few declarations away. Start declaring if you're waiting on things. So just to review a little bit, that's pretty much what I had today, but I just want to review a little bit that, you know, as Christians, we need to make sure our declarations and how important they are to impact our life around us, make sure they're declarations of dependency only on God and not ourselves. We can't handle it. We already found that out in Genesis. Right? When we said, God, we're all set. We'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. And the world continues to do that. Understand that this importance. Just reviewing again. Death and life are in the power of your tongue. Don't mental ascend. That mental ascending is only really in a reinforcement of what you've been declaring. God cares about everything in your life. So declare everything that you feel you need to do that. Speak life. Use this compass, as we just saw some scriptures, as declarations in your life. Don't jump on your roof tonight at dinner time and declare things. God wasn't weird. He was very normal. Excuse me, Jesus, and same thing, but he isn't. And speak life into those around you. We're too busy consuming and not giving sometimes. Speak life to those around you. And through bloodlines, whether a church community or, or family and friends, I mean, there's an authority line that goes right through that center that you can utilize. Speak life to them, even though it doesn't look like it sometimes. Even people that have done you wrong. Oh, my goodness. Imagine speaking life to them. God loves challenges. He can handle it. He can handle things like that. And again, God gave us the authority to do things. We need to speak it, verbalize it more. And I'm learning this, too. I'm an ignorant German that doesn't like talking a lot. You know, I'm just, you know, why do I got to declare that? It's weird. No, you need to declare things in your life, okay? Because that puts things in motion of what God's already designed. What better way to end today if we all make some declarations before we leave this room? You want to do that? Well, you trust me. You know what I'm going to tell you to say, right? Hold on. Let's do this. Oh, wait, one big thing we're going to do, too, after this. I mean, 
declarations are so powerful, they can change your eternity, right? What do we do every Sunday? We're going to do it in a few minutes too, the sinner's prayer. That's a declaration, right? All right, well, declare this after me. Heavenly Father, I declare that I will continue to grow my relationship with you, God, and pursue you through your word and the Holy Spirit that lives inside of me. Let me not get distracted by distractions that don't matter to you, God. Let me lead with love to those around me. The love that can only come from you. Give me awareness to declare things in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. That was painful, but you just moved some things in your spiritual realm right now. You just moved some things. Keep that momentum. If you don't know what to declare, get in the Word. It's the compass, like we said. You know, help somebody around you in our church community can help declare and agree with you. Boy, you get a declaration and agreement together on that, more than two. Oh, boy, mountains are moving at that point. They really are. But I hope you got something out of today. Thank you again for coming out. I do want to just give an invitation, though. Thank you for him. I do want to give an invitation, though, if we've been talking about this God and Jesus. If you do not have a relationship with him, not religion, a relationship with him, that's Christianity. I would invite you to say a prayer with me in a few minutes. See, this prayer is a declaration like I just said. It'll change your eternity. Because Jesus, God loved you so much that he brought Jesus to this earth to die for your sins and mine. We're all sinners. We had to start somewhere. Most of us in this room we know probably have already said this sinner's prayer. But saying this simple prayer and declaration, meaning it in your heart, not so much in your mind, but meaning in your heart and inviting God into your life will be the beginning of your future, of what, you, or what God wants for your life. He loves you so much. He almost went bankrupt giving Jesus to us, our poor, sinful humanity. And you can't clean yourself up before you pray this prayer. That's something God will begin to do in you after you do that. So if that's you, uh, we're going to just repeat a, a declaration, a very simple declaration, and just mean it as best you can with your heart. So we'll say, Heavenly Father, I come to you today with my will that you've designed. I want to know you better as my Father. I repent of my sins in my past. Jesus, come into my heart. Make me new. And make me grow in a relationship with you. Thank you for being my father. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you did that, that was the best.